Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Welcome once again to Now Church. Glad that you're with us or watching or connecting online or wherever you are today uh, on a device, a phone, an iPad, a whatever, all the different stuff that's out there. Uh, we're continuing our theme called Re- Restore Your Roar. And I hope you're sensing a difference and something in the atmosphere that happens when you've been praying. We're on, today will be what, day 12? Day 12, praying together. We, 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 we intended to go 10 days. That's kind of what they did with the upper room. They went 10 days. That's kind of our manner for the last many years of how we do our beginning of the year prayer. But it's been such a grace. I told our team last night, it's been so much fun. I can't even explain to you. It's not just been easy. It's been fun. It's been something I look forward to. It's been something that it's not been drudgery. It's been alive and electric. And if you haven't been part of it, please be part of it tonight, 7.30, Facebook Live. And you can look for us at Now Church. It's so good to have Jessica DeSantos back. She was over here. She's back from maternity leave, hiding in the back there with, the, with Joey and the baby. And Zayden, is Zayden back there too? Oh, he's in the nursery. Okay, great. Anyway, we're glad. We missed you so much, Jess. Good to have you back and that beautiful voice, our wonderful team. Today's message is called Great Expectations. Great Expectations, a key to restoring your roar. Acts chapter 4 is where we're going to begin. And we've in Proverbs 28, our, our verse for the month from a different translation. Acts 4, 7 says this, and when they had set them in the midst, this is speaking of the trial of Peter and John, they're on trial for healing a man, praying for healing for a man at the beautiful gate. And they're on trial and they set him in this and asked, but by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, that might have been a different thing to say if you weren't filled with the Holy Spirit, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, By him, this man stands here before you whole. And this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name. Everybody say no other name. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when that group saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, 
listen, they could say nothing against it. Proverbs 28.1, we gave you last week, this week from the Message Bible. It says, the wicked are edgy with guilt, ready to run off even when no one's after them. But honest people are relaxed and confident, as bold as lions. Let's pray together. God, would you come and restore the roar of your people? Would you come and let the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lion of the tribe of praise, roar in us and through us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Last week, we talked about restoring your roar. So many people have lost a little something from the challenges and pains of the last 10 months. Depression, anxiety are rampant. Divorce and addiction out of control. Fear and suicide nearing record proportions in America and across the world. But the promise of God in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 from the, the Passion Translation says, but we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. So now, beloved ones, stand firm and secure. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. We know that we prosper and excel in every season. We prosper and excel in every season. Three people got it. In every season by serving the Lord. Because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. We spoke prophetically last week about spiritual hearing. If you weren't here, please look online at nowchurch.com. We talked about listening for the signal of God and not just the noise around us. We must tune our ears to the voice of our shepherd and wait for his command. I hear the sound. I hear the sound last week and I hear the sound this week of marching of a mighty army in the wind blowing through the trees. I hear the sound of the shout of the Lord that's among us and I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by what you're hearing. What are you hearing? As we move forward today, we're headed into some of the most powerful days, I believe, for God's people, listen, that we will have ever seen in any of our lifetimes. If we've gone through the craziest year of our lifetime, I believe that the next season, I'm not talking about just the calendar year, but I'm saying the next season, it may be years, I don't know, but I believe we're heading into the greatest season of, the, of more of the presence and power and tangibleness of the Holy Spirit, more manifestation of the supernatural power of God than we've ever seen in any of our lifetimes. And I'm ta not talking about this is not hyperbole. This is not me speaking hyperbolically. I'm not speaking grandiose things. I'm telling you by what's in my spirit after being a pastor for 33 years, your pastor for almost 31 years. Something is different than we've ever experienced before. The more the world rages against God, his anointed word in church, the more tangible his presence and miracle working power will be seen. I love Romans 8 from the Amplified. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are nothing 
compared to the glory that will be revealed to us and in us and for us and conferred on us. That's what the Amplified says, Romans 8, 18. Revealed to us and in us and for us and conferred, conferred on us. My friends, roaring is easy when you know God is with you. Actually experiencing God's manifested presence when you're moving with God, when you're coordinated with God, when your life is coordinated with the Lord. Today we're going to begin looking at the actions of the early Christ followers in the early church, a.k.a. the book of Acts, a group of people clearly built to overcome adversity. Acts of the Apostles is the chronological narrative of the original Christians. They were first called Christians, it says there, in Antioch. People who laid down their lives for the cause of Christ. Not people who just came to church once a week. This was a part of a whole lifestyle of discipleship. Remember the call of God to go and win lost people is to make disciples, to make disciplined ones, not just make converts, not just get people to pray a prayer. We believe in praying the prayer, but the praying of the prayer is the beginning, not the end. Too many in America, too many people in America and too many churches have preached, if you pray this prayer, then you're going to go to heaven when you die. And that is true. But what about the rest of your life? That's discipleship that's required for that. Discipline is the root word of discipleship. Let me give you the synopsis. This is the parent chief synopsis of the first four chapters of the book of Acts, Okay. Acts 1, Jesus invests final time with his disciples, gives strategy and vision, teaching, fills disciples, and finishes with disciples appointing a new apostle to take Judas's place to get everything in order. Acts 2, the willing and obedient remnant, the 120 in the upper room are united in spirit, gathered together, and they're not being pulled around by any winds of doctrine. They're not... They are one accord, one place. They're not focused on what CNN said or what Fox News said or what that guy said or what that guy said or what she said or what they thought about this or what that club or that group. They were gathered together one accord and the focus was obedience to the promise of Jesus and waiting for the power of God. The Holy Spirit is poured out spills over into a religious convention. Peter preaches to that crowd and 3,000 people, listen, repent and are saved. They didn't pray a prayer. They repented of their sin because he preached repentance. Chapter two ends with the church beginning to collaborate and coordinate into a viable body, spirit-led systems and structures. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John begins with the healing of the lame man at the beautiful gate that everybody, this man, everybody knows him in Jerusalem. They all know that this guy's been there for years. He's over 40 years old, the Bible says. Peter preaches Christ because the crowd gets upset. After this guy's healed, they bring him into church. All hell breaks loose. And there's a tumult 
There's noise. There's reaction. So Peter gets up to the crowd that gathers and uses his pulpit in that moment to preach Christ and uses the testimony of the healing of the formerly lame man to demonstrate the power of God. Peter even blasts the people for choosing to release Barabbas and crucify Jesus. In other words, he makes it personal. Once again, the message finishes with a call to repentance. You can read it. And that day, 2,000 more people get saved. That's what it says. By the end of Acts chapter 3, there are 5,000 people that have gotten saved in the first few days of the early church. They had 120. They had 3,000 from the convention that showed up. They had 2,000 more from preaching, going outside the temple, preaching on the steps to the people that were upset in the marketplace. And 2,000 more get saved. And when all hell breaks loose and 2,000 more get saved, the Pharisees and Sadducees arrest Peter and John on false charges. Bring them to trial, which is the text that I read to you a few moments ago. And in this quick trial of persecution in our text, Peter preaches under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to present their defense. So here's what I want to preach to you today. Here's a few thoughts regarding prophetic timing and how to prepare for 2021 and beyond. You ready for that? And it's all in Acts chapter 4. First, expect great things. Expect great things no matter what it looks like out there. No matter what it looks like out there, no matter what it feels like, my faith beyond what it feels like. No matter what's happening on your job, no matter what people are saying, no matter all of the hubbub and all the brouhaha, I didn't know how to spell hubbub and brouhaha. All the stuff that wants you to pick sides. I've already chosen sides in every argument. I'm on God's side. I've already picked sides. Too late. I picked sides a long time ago. I picked sides when I was 19. And though the world has tried to pull me at different times the last 40 years, I've never changed my mind. I chose sides a long time ago. I'm on God's side. Expect great things. What I mean by great things? Expect miracles. Deliverance. Overcoming demonic strongholds. Overcoming lies of the enemy. Listen. Demonic strongholds and lies rarely happen in a vacuum. They usually occur in times of pressure and challenge. All, listen, all the power of God moving, a lot of times it's in, when you see all hell breaking loose, it's because heaven is shaking hell. And it's a reaction. Remember, God acts, the devil reacts. 
Okay? God creates the devil counterfeits. So don't be fooled by all the shaking. The shaking is simply a reaction to what's happening in the spirit as heaven, as God is shaking the powers of hell. He said, once more, and I will shake, I will shake the earth and the heavens. And all hell seems to rise up first. But when miracles, deliverance, and all these things happen, they don't happen because nothing is going on. They happen because there are, there, there, we're in a season of pressure and challenge. Mark 16, 20 says, and, and they went out and preached everywhere, the early church, the Lord working with them and confirming the word, confirming the word, confirming what? The word, his word, through the accompanying signs, amen. I love the message there. Confirming the word through accompanying signs, the message says, validating the, the message with indisputable evidence. It's one thing to say, God is moving. It's another thing to say, and he wants to heal you right now. You see? Signs, wonders, and miracles are the dinner bell of the gospel. Kenneth Hagin, Brother Hagin, used to tell the story about when he was a young preacher at a church of 100 people. And he said he could barely get that 100 people together. And the Lord spoke to him about believing for miracles. He had been Baptist, got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Lord started speaking to his heart about miracles, signs, wonders, things that God had done, can do, Things, listen, Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. And the Lord spoke to Brother Hagin's heart and, and said that signs, wonders, and miracles are the dinner bell of the gospel. And I'll explain that in a moment. So he started every week preaching for people to get saved, preaching for people to get healed, preaching for people to get delivered and set free from demonic power. And for six months, nothing happened. I don't know why God doesn't show up the first week he tells you something. You think, you think he'd give them, somebody gets healed from a headache or something, you know, just the, you know, the first week, something. Nobody got saved. Nobody got healed. Nobody <laughs> experienced the power of God. For six months, Brother Hagin said, one day, we got a gusher. So he said, we got a gusher. And everything started happening at once. He said, I realized what God meant. The dinner bell, when you ring the dinner bell, people come running for food. When you ring the dinner bell, people come running for every direction if they're hungry. So in this little church in Texas, Kenneth Hagin, when the gusher hit, they had people driving from Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, 
and far across the state of Texas because miracles and the manifestation of the power of God are the dinner bell of the gospel. And I believe that God wants to ring that bell again in our generation. My friends, great boldness came upon the early church. We need to expect that. Great things. Great boldness came upon the early church. Spending time in the presence of Jesus strengthens your spirit, man, and produces a holy boldness. Not a rudeness, but a holy boldness where God can speak through you and cut through all of the arguments of men. Cut through all of the noise all of the garbage, all the stuff going on and cut right to the heart of that person. In Acts 4.13, we saw as they stood before the Sanhedrin, as they stood before this trial, they didn't know if they're gonna get killed just like Jesus was crucified. They didn't know. In fact, they expected that's probably what was gonna happen. They went to trial for their lives. And at great Counting of the cost. The Bible says, now when that trial, when that group of religious leaders saw the boldness of Peter and John, perceived that they didn't have the, they didn't have degrees, they didn't have great education, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. The word boldness there, this is pretty cool. The word boldness there, my next point, by the way, I'll go to my next point, then I'll come back to something else, all right? I had in my spirit come up this week, their freedom of speech was threatened. They told them, don't ever speak in that name again. And then I happened to read something, and I saw, I looked up the, the word, I want to see the Greek word for boldness. The Greek word for boldness is parousia. It means outspoken, or literally, freedom of speech. Look it up. If anybody has a Spirit-Filled Life Bible, that's where I found it. In the footnotes of a Spirit-Filled Life Bible, I happened to just look over, and it jumped out at me in the middle of all the threats. Boldness, freedom of speech comes not from the will of man or the permission of people. Peter and John were deplatformed. Twitter tried to take away their tweets. But boldness and freedom of speech on us doesn't come by who gives us permission in the marketplace. It comes from above. It is a Holy Ghost boldness. Are you getting me? I didn't plan to even say that, but it's just powerful. I, I, I got that after. I went to my wife and said, you got to hear this. I already wrote my points out Friday night, but yesterday as I was putting it up, well, I kind of go through one more time and kind of eliminate stuff on Saturdays. So, well, that's, I don't want to go long. I'll cut that part and I'll do this and anything else, Lord. And I saw that word. 
boldness, freedom of speech. They threatened them. And when they threatened them, listen to Peter and John's reaction after they threatened them. If you speak or teach at all, we will beat you. And they beat them right then. They beat them. But then they said, we will beat you to death, basically. And Peter and John said to this group, we cannot help but to speak and teach the things we've seen and heard. In other words, you can't shut me down. You ain't seen nothing yet. And it was because the man that everybody in Jerusalem knew that he was healed was standing there, they had to let him go. Because God forced public opinion toward these guys. The people in public opinion know where David is and they know where Goliath is. And public opinion, my friends, will always go to David. Always go to rent the remnant. You hearing me? I'm telling you, I'm encouraged. I, I, you may not be happy, but I'm happy. I told you Friday night in prayer, <clears throat> Mario Murillo, great man of God we've known of for years, we've met him a couple of times, took all of the squashing he felt in the state of California and went last week to Bakersfield, one of the toughest cities in California, a place known for MS-13, the Salvadoran gang that is murderous and heinous. They went to that city to the parking lot of a church, set up a tent last Monday. And the month or six weeks they've been planning this event, they've gotten resistance from the town council, resistance. It was like Book of Acts stuff. They got resistance. No, you can't. No, you can't. Finally, they, they gave them permits. They gave, they gave them everything. They gave them everything they needed eventually. But they had all the resistance. And then the enemy came to the whole Mario Murillo team and said, nobody's going to show up anyway. You might get a few Christians there, but you're not going to get anybody lost there. The tent seats 500. 800 people came the first night. 300 people got saved on Monday night. And I mean, Mario doesn't preach, pray this prayer, repeat after me. Mario preaches, if you want to save your life, you got to lose it. If you want to follow God, you got to be willing to die for his cause. <clears throat> 300 people got saved Monday. 300 people more got saved Tuesday. 300 more got saved Wednesday. They were only supposed to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I haven't even heard what happened Thursday and Friday, but they extended it. Now they're going to take it to Modesto. And Mario Murillo said the other night on the Victory Channel, hey, don't give up on California. There's a lot of us here, and there's a lot of hunger for God here. Don't give up on us. Pray, pray, pray. Because Wednesday night, one of the MS-13 gang members came to the tent and came up for the altar call at the end. 
And as Mario Murillo began to minister to him, the young man took a bag of pot out of his pocket and threw it on the ground and said, this has been my addiction. And he stomped on it. And when he did, you felt hell shriek and heaven come down. And the tent went crazy. The people all over, by that time, there were hundreds and hundreds outside the tent and inside the tent. This is Wednesday night. I'm not talking about 30 years ago. I'm talking about this past week in the middle of a pandemic in the most locked down state in the country. And people started getting healed and set free. I mean, a lady that came in that, that couldn't, that she was bent over like this was completely healed. Yet all these, all these things, I can't remember all of the things. There were so many miracles that started happening. So many things. My friends, we live in great days. Don't be fooled by all the hubbub and all the junk, all the lies. If the enemy's screaming lies, it's because God is speaking the truth. They were stirred when they were released in Acts chapter 4. They were stirred for great and powerful prayer. They returned to their own company. They went for corporate prayer. I want to say we love and support our law enforcement, our medical community of nurses and doctors, our firefighters, but intercessors are first responders too for the church. They went to their own company, prayed in one accord, declared the word. And though they had walked in boldness, their prayer request was for more boldness. Read it. They were known for boldness. And now they're saying, God, grant us that with all boldness, you would, you would give us more boldness. And here's how they asked for it. By stretching your hand to heal people in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Because when signs and wonders happen, you can get a little bit bold. You can get your roar back when somebody's cancer just fell off. I had a pastor friend in South Africa one time had cancer on the outside of his ear, skin cancer, but it was malignant and they said he was gonna die. Pastor Fred Roberts, a great and mighty man of God. And he tried, he, 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 he just said, God just said to him what, exactly what to do. And one moment while he was preaching and the power of God hit the place, he reached up and pulled the thing off and threw it on the ground and never had a problem with it again. It didn't spread. He lived another 25, 30 years. I don't suggest that for anybody, by the way, unless the anointing of God is there and God tells you like indisputable evidence, okay? But I'm just telling you, when God comes on you, we, Pastor Fred Roberts, P.L., were you with me on that trip when he told us that story? In front of, a, he had a church that seated 5,000 people called the Jesus Dome. Pulled that thing off, threw it on the ground. Kind of, kind of gross, isn't it? They prayed for more miraculous power, more. See, here's the thing. More miraculous power gives you more boldness and more boldness gives you more miraculous power, which gives you more boldness, 
which gives you more miraculous power, which gives you more boldness, which gives you more miracle power, which gives you more boldness. Are you catching this? Next, I, I got to finish. Great shaking occurred. I got three seconds. Great shaking occurred. Prayers were answered immediately. The anointing hit in that moment. Read it. Acts chapter 4, like an earthquake. When the earth shakes, it's because hell is being threatened. And there's a reaction. Great shaking. Everybody say great shaking. shaking. Then they were all filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Same people that were in the upper room. 120 now added more. And they're all filled afresh. This is at least the third or fourth time Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's baptized in the Spirit, Acts chapter 2, but he's filled again when he's preaching. He's filled again when he's preaching to the people outside with the gate beautiful, and he's filled again now praying for more. How much more? If that guy, if Peter the apostle needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit three or four times just in the first few days of the existence of the church of Jesus, how much do you and I need to be filled fresh with the Holy Spirit regularly. Everybody say this way. Say, power flows wherever God goes. Say it again. Power flows wherever God goes. Folks, I need more of God's power. Do you? A couple more things and we're done. Then the Bible says, Acts 4.33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. The next thing that happened was great power came upon them all. Great power, great dunamis, dynamite, dynamic power, miracle working, wonder working, life changing power came upon them all. And it empowered them to share the good news all over the place. Next, great grace enveloped them. The unmerited favor of God. Grace. I've always, one of my favorite definitions of grace, I know it's the unmerited favor of God, but my favorite is great grace. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches, God's best. At Christ's expense. And guess what the next couple of verses say after that? I don't have time to read it to you. And none of them lacked. Nobody lacked. When the great power, the great boldness, the great grace flowed in the church, there was great abundance, the Bible says, even in times of terrible pressure, threats, and persecution. Finally, great generosity flowed through them. The Bible says the great power, the great grace led to this place where the people sold lands and homes and brought proceeds to the house of the Lord, laid at the apostles' feet. My friends, when the Spirit of God moves, you and I should expect some resistance. But also, great miracles, great boldness, great and powerful prayer, Great answers, great shaking, great power, great grace, great generosity, and great abundance. Let's expect great things for 2021. Remember, dark world equals bright church. Darker world 
equals brighter church. It's not time to be timid. It's time to be sold out to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your holy word today. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you in every aspect of this church, your church. Come do what you want to do. Come rest on us. Father, we ask you to behold the threatenings of the world, according to Acts chapter 4. Behold their threats to try to silence us, your church. Behold all of the lies We ask you to grant us more boldness to speak your truth in love, wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Let the spirit of Elijah be on your church to take down the spirit of Jezebel and Baal. Let the boldness of Elijah be upon us as we proclaim the truth of your holy word. And let signs and wonders and miracles be done. And even according as Acts chapter two says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that you'd pour out your spirit upon all flesh that our sons and our daughters would prophesy. Lord, let the children and the youth of now church prophesy the word of the Lord, even in 2021. And let the young people see visions and the older people dream dreams. We ask you for supernatural revelation in dreams and visions. We ask you for supernatural revelation and protection from deception. Give us holy discernment that we can know what's real and what's distorted and perverted. Holy Spirit, confirm the preaching of your word today and every time your people proclaim it at work or in their neighborhood or with their lives, confirm your word with signs, wonders, and miracles. Anybody here feel the presence of God? song we used to sing Pastor Lindsay when he first came 28 years ago you know you, I, I didn't say this for you before but you say so you probably don't have it you don't even remember the chords but you remember it I'm just playing something around it I can find it it's a simple chorus but I just came up in my spirit more power, close your eyes more, glory, more of you in my life 
a big shot of praise, will you? Come on. Come on, get your roar back. Get your roar back. Come on at home. Get your roar back at home. Get your roar back. God is moving. Take your seats real quick. I got to let you go. We held you a little longer today than usual. Than our usual, our new usual anyway. This would have been considered getting out early a year ago. You realize that? out early. Today we've already had time for God to move, people to repent of their sin, healings beginning to take place. Anybody came in with horrible pain today? Like, 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 really came in with pain? You can stand up. If you if you came in with pain, physical pain, just stand up in your body. Just stand up. Stand up, put your physical pain. Everybody stretch your hands toward him. <clears throat> this, is, this is what we need God to do. We can't do it, Holy Spirit, without you. We can pray a prayer. But you said the prayer of faith would save the sick or infirmed. The Lord would raise them up. Now, Lord, we rebuke pain. Physical pain of every person standing in the room or standing in their home right now. Someone is in a wheelchair and you can't stand, but we're praying for you right now as well. We command pain. 
to dissipate and to leave these temples of the Holy Spirit, to leave these bodies. We command the pain. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask you to place divine healing wedges between the blood vessels and the nerves and every area that's inflamed. We command inflammation. That's, that's part of what's in my spirit right there. We command inflammation to cease. Lord, like better than any drug can bring down all the inflammation. Lord, we ask you to cause all the things that have been exploded in pain to begin to calm, calm, calm the nerves, calm the nerve endings, calm the bones, the joints, calm down. We say to every root of pain, calm down in Jesus' name. And Lord, we release your healing power from the top of their head to the soles of their feet in Jesus' name. Now do one more thing, those of you standing, I want you to begin to move around that area of your body that's been in pain. Just begin to do something that would have hurt you before. Begin to move it around. Is that your shoulder, Greg? TK, why don't you go pray for Greg Mann right there? You wanna take your mask? You have your mask with you? Anyway, I'm just gonna, these guys, I'm telling you, I had a thing earlier and I was thinking right shoulder, but I knew TK, I knew in the natural TK had that, but I know Greg had that. I'm telling you, I believe God wants to heal that right shoulder right now before you leave. Right now before you leave. Anybody else have a shoulder pain? Shoulder pain right there, right there, right there. Praise God, praise God. Lord, we just pray right now. That shoulder pain, move it around right now. Every area that's been in pain, begin to move around right now. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, let's Lord, let's just give him thanks right now. Father, you never forget anybody that's in pain. In Jesus' name. We're believing. We're believing with you. Before you walk out that door, that pain subsides. That inflammation goes. And God begins dealing with whatever the root is. Because I know it's different in every person. Praise God. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you, 